The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with The Birth Circle, and I'm so excited to have Rachel Joy Jackson with me today. And we are going to be talking about Arvigo and some of the things surrounding the womb the and the reproductive uh, plumbing down there. <laughs> plumbing. <laughs> and, Love it. And, and loving our reproductive plumbing. Yes. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Okay. So tell us about your background. How did this all start? Oh, wait, well, first of all, the thought that you could like love your period and love your womb and like it can be part of the culture is a little bit foreign. So I'm just going to throw that out there that this is what this woman does is she teaches women how to love their womb and how to heal in the womb space. So that's your, that's your introduction. Now it's kind of a warning too, really. Warning. I know. (laughs) hopefully piques your interest, but also if that just does not describe you, you could be like, this could be interesting. Oh, and you know, this might be triggering. Um, there's a lot of pain that happens in the womb center. And so this, this is not meant to like trigger or upset. It's just meant to just gently say really the opposite. Uh I mean, I got into this work because of being triggered. And well, the first time I heard this, I was like, oh, you, we are not talking about I our remember periods. that day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, don't even talk about my womb. <laughs> That's an off-limits subject. And so that I, this is coming also from a place that been there, done that, Let's and um, let's talk about it in a very respectful and gentle and loving way. Great. Well, um, asking how I got started with all this is a little bit down the rabbit hole, but here, here we have, um, I am a person who has a very broad spectrum of interests. And I always have. And it took me a long time to really settle into a groove of this is what I want to do with my life. And even now I have very diverse interests. So arriving at this as kind of a life calling was a huge step for me. And it came from a background of some body work. I was a dancer for many years. I had decided I was going to go into sports medicine and help dancers to be more healthy And soon I discovered that actually I was going into communication and I was going to be an English major. And then (laughs) as I evolved out of all of this, (laughs) as I evolved out of all of this, I uh, hurtled straight into my childbearing years. And immediately I was a, a young adult and I got married and I started to have children. And the the real calling began to knock at my door when I was trying to conceive my daughter. And this was a rocky road for us. There were some stops and starts, and I just didn't know that much about fertility in general. And so I was struggling with my concept in my body, trying to feel whole when I wasn't getting the result I wanted. Mm-hmm. And this was not a long process. This was, I mean, in in this perspective I have now in my 30s, I I'm know. like, that was a blip. I could have really just sometimes. Well, but when you're wanting to, on. when that baby is knocking at your your door in the background. It felt really urgent. Infertility is just like, come on, yeah. hurry, hurry. It felt really urgent. So, and at the same time now, from my perspective in the work that I do, I'm so grateful I had that period of time mm. because I feel like I can, 
I can somewhat relate to some of these women who come knocking at my door now. During this time, I was working at a library, and a couple of books came over the check-in counter. One of them was <laughs> Taking Charge of Your Fertility by oh, Tony yeah. Weschler. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, uh, I think I'm going to take this one home with me right now. I checked it in, checked it out, took it home. Um, and I really, I refer to this book all the time. It really is sort of the go-to comprehensive understanding book of all things. And it's not just for family planning, natural family planning. It's Yeah, it's for really understanding how your body works. And I remember just looking up in between moments of reading this and saying to my husband, I should have known this. I should have known this as a teenager. I should have mm-hmm. known this before I started even menstruating. I should have had some background to teach me all of this information. Why was it, why am I finding this out now? And I remember sharing that book with my sister who was also trying to conceive. And the two of us had babies actually quite close together. Um, and we benefited from that a lot. And that was that was kind of the first time I went, I need to understand more about this. If I'm going to be if I'm going to be bearing children, I need to understand this. I didn't understand it on the level of this is going to help so many women in the future if I understand these concepts yet. Mm-hmm. That was new. Over time, that became clear as people naturally began to just come to me to ask me questions, not specifically about fertility, but as um as someone who was trying to understand more about the, my body. Mm-hmm. I guess that's shown out to other people and they started coming to me and asking me more questions. Flash forward, I was talking with a colleague who was encouraging me to do some more reading about menstruation in particular. And I'd had a very rough relationship with my menstruation. Um, as a dancer, I was really indignant. Yeah, I yeah. was indignant at the the cramps and the pain, just the inconvenience Um because of the way I was shaped and the fact that my body was so narrow, I felt like I couldn't use products that would have made my life easier. So I felt pretty condemned mm-hmm. to, to wear diaper-like products that were making me feel All more of Ill. the expletives right now. Right? <laughs> We've all been there. Um, and, and so the idea that she presented me of, of the idea that I could go back and I could change my relationship with my body – specifically my reproductive organs and specifically as it showed my period. Now, this is the this is the epiphany that hit me shortly after that. And right after that, I developed all of the work that I do based on this idea. That my relationship with my menstruation is a direct reflection of my relationship with my reproductive organs. Hmm. My relationship with my reproductive organs is a direct reflection of my relationship with my body as a whole. My relationship with my body as a whole is a direct relationship of my concept of self. Mm. And as I followed that back to its source, I realized this was about understanding who I was and accepting and loving who I was on a very fundamental background type level. Maybe that's why it's triggering to some women because it's an outside sign of that something underlying is amiss. And in that vein, it's so, I think it's so critical to recognize that discord or uh, dysfunction even is usually a symptom of something that's been going on Mm -hmm. for a long time. It's It's an outward sign of something else that's internal that's been going on for a long time that hasn't been noticed. So something rises to the surface to show you 
hey, there's something you need to look at. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so um, we mentioned Arvigo. So what is so what is Arvigo especially? Okay, so Arvigo is named after Dr. Rosita Arvigo, and it is a collection of ancient and modern techniques that combined compose the Arvigo techniques of Maya abdominal therapy, which is a mouthful. That is a big mouthful. But that is the official term that we use. Because it is the ancient Maya abdominal therapy as interpreted by Dr. Rosita Arvigo. Now, she is a napropathic physician who was apprenticed to a Maya shaman in Belize during the Vietnam era. And she has made this her life's work to understand the traditional medicine of the Maya Mm -hmm. and bring that to the world in a way that's not only respectful with cultural Mm -hmm. association, but also um, available because on this physical level, we are the same. This isn't just something that could benefit a person descended from the Maya. This is That's something true. that could benefit we all, have all people everywhere. <laughs> well, well, no, well actually, this, this work is not just for women. And that that's a fun... Really? Yes. No, that's a fun misconception. Uh, well, no pun fun. intended. Yeah. <laughs> misconception. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> I get, sorry. Puns are my life. So, Bring it on. So, yeah. What I like to say is that this work really benefits anyone with a torso. Okay. I mean... It, to be, to be perfectly Oh, and, and you mentioned before we started recording that you found this because when you started looking into natural healing, there was this big gaping hole in the terms of everything. Female problems. And female problems, but basically <laughs> that big black hole in the center of your torso. That nobody talks was, about. Nobody, shh, no. Yeah. Shh, yeah. Shh, shh, shh. The taboo place. That's true. So I remember distinctly being in an energy work session before I had my massage therapy license, before I had any kind of a, a license to touch, I was super interested in energy work. And I was sitting with my practitioner and we kept hitting this dead end where uh, it just dead ended at female problems. And I just remember being incredulous at the time going, I'm sorry, what century is this? <laughs> like, do you have any idea how broad that is? Whoever wrote this chart, like... And female so, problems. Female problems. So I went home and I wrote new charts. And I, I just brainstormed everything I could think of. Hysteria. and the- <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, don't even get me started. Um, they used to believe that the uterus traveled the body. Yes. And when it got to the brain, that's what made a woman crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yep. Gotta love it. Pseudoscience at its best. Uh-huh. Especially under all the Victorian Well, no, this rapping. was like some serious science for them. Like that no, I know. was legit like, for them. <laughs> it, yes. Now it's... It's funny. Funny and pseudoscience. But then, yeah, they, they accepted it as truth. Anyway, it was interesting. So I wrote these new charts and I, I decided that I was going to learn more about holistic approaches and energy work. Mm-hmm. And as I got started, that's kind of what started me on this road is is kind of diving into what are female problems? Yeah. Could this be an imbalance of something? Could this be an elemental thing? Could this be a childhood trauma? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it? Absolutely. And And just kind of narrowing it down and being like, just, just for the purpose of journaling, like just narrowing it down and then go, go think about how this might relate to your, what you're experiencing. Are you experiencing terrible cramping around your period? Yeah. So let's narrow down kind of the, 
the category that that's sitting in that your body says it's what's going on. And then you can examine that on your own. I'm not here to fix it, but maybe we can. Because just telling somebody they have a female problem isn't super helpful. That is not. But if they can say maybe you have a menstruation problem, or maybe you have a a a hormone problem in the second cycle of your maybe yeah, there's some kind of imbalance part of your cycle. Yeah, and and I'll just back up just a little bit. The reason I wanted you to come talk on a pregnancy and birth um, podcast is how this affects our fertility and how it affects with our ability to even bond with our baby. Cause the baby is part of the whole reproductive system. Mm-hmm. Like it's part, it's in there. If you've got this big black hole and you're yes. not willing to look at it and your baby is residing that black hole, what does it do to your bonding ability? So I just want to throw that out there. Weave that in for the that's rest of the hour. Cause like very deep. Yeah. That's, that's really why I'm so fascinated with the art of abdominal healing is how it can affect our conception, our fertility conception and birth. Those of us who have struggled to conceive and often hear this and just get super annoyed, but a lot of it does have to do with our emotional and mental state. And I suggest that rather than focusing on conception and focusing on that mental state, take it all the way back to just how you feel as a person. Where's, where's your sense of womanhood even coming from? How are you able to uh, communicate and work with your other, other women in your life? Is that working? Is that not working? These can be indications of what's going on on a much deeper personal mm-hmm. level that then does tend to get reflected physically at some point. So what does it look like to, oh boy, what does it look like to start unraveling that Pandora's box? <laughs> Um, for me, it was a very beautiful experience. I, I came to this notion that I could heal my period. And in doing that, of course, that brought me to that what was wrong progression. With, what was wrong with it to begin with? Um, emotionally, it, it was, I felt betrayed by my body. Oh, right. Yeah. Like it was something unhelpful or wrong. So, but physically your period was, was humming along as not, programmed or? There were definitely some discrepancies in timing. I was having irregular cycles. The first three days of my cycles were pretty painful cramps. Um, usually I was bleeding for a good seven to eight days. That is extremely inconvenient. For it was answer. inconvenient. Yeah. And it, it was, it, as I've learned, it could have been so much worse, but at the same time, it, it was not normal. These are common symptoms that a lot of women have. And if there's one thing that I always, you know, really punch that message home, it's like there is a huge difference between normal Mm -hmm. and common. And the normal period was something I had never experienced. And I experienced an Arvigo treatment and immediately knew that this was something I needed in my life. At the time, there were no other practitioners in my area that I knew of. Turns out there was one. She just hadn't been practicing for a while. Mm -hmm. I decided to go and become licensed enough to be trained in this um, so that I could specifically do Arvigo for others because it had such a tremendous impact on me. I don't mean to sound like I'm going, this is a miraculous cure. You know, I would never say that, but my experience was pretty miraculous. I found the tools that I needed to get way more in tune with my body in a safe way that I was in control of. 
there's a component to the work that we call the self-care and that's just kind of short for self-care massage. There are other techniques that compose up the self-care. Okay, yeah, that, that, so that leads me to my next question. What is this? Is this an energy work type thing where you talk about it? The or Arvigo is this an actual physical massage? The Arvigo techniques are a, a collection of modalities. So we use everything from the full massage techniques, which includes a self-care massage that you're taught, to uh, the bajo or the the personal steam where you sit over a, on a stool over a pot of steam uh, with herbs and maybe salt in it to help cleanse. Uh, V-steams are a thing now. You can read all about them mm-hmm. all over the internet, but um, that is a very old technique that was utilized by the Mayans as well as many other cultures. So that's one of the techniques. Uh, castor oil packs are also one of the techniques that we use. And the use castor, of- Castor, where does that go? <laughs> topical. Topical castor oil On your application. belly. It could be indicative for your abdomen. It could be indicative for your sacrum, kind of what you do to the front of the body. You also do to the back of the body. Okay. So working on the sacrum. So is so working a, on the a, um, a session with you looks like almost like a massage session, but you're focusing on the womb area, the torso. Mm-hmm. So you're you're putting your hands on your client, and you are you physically manipulating the organs, or are you? What what I like to say I'm doing is coaxing the connective tissue. So you're just having a conversation with the exactly, fascia. exactly. We're just, we're just, fascia. I mean, fascia. Oh. Yeah. We're examining kind of where is the scar tissue? Where are the adhesions? How can we coax this tissue to optimally flow? If you haven't had, like, where do you get scar purpose? tissue in that, in, in the torso? Um, and it could happen anywhere. Really? It, it just depends on the individual traumas, that that person has experienced. For example, I have um, clients who've had a number of abdominal surgeries. Oh yeah, of so course. That would, of course. I'm just saying a first time mom <laughs> or, or somebody struggling with fertility that hasn't had any abdominal surgeries because they have it from previous injury or from stress. Or- Absolutely. And, and that stress brings up one of the most important and kind of difficult to find sources, which is, um, which is tension, just tension in the body in general. It could be pressure from wearing skinny jeans all your life. Mm. It could be it could be from having a desk job and not ever quite getting your breath going all the way through your torso. Oh, okay. Um, things that limit the flow in the core of the body. We have the five systems of flow that we teach about in our Vigo. We have the venous and arterial blood flow, blood flow, the nervous system flow, the energy flow and the lymphatic system. So all Whoa. of those need to be working together in harmony, in flow, uh-huh. or th- there are other parts of the body that will definitely suffer. And so the whole purpose of the all the Arvigo techniques is to maximize the flow of those five systems throughout the torso of the body because this will lead to better overall health. So even if someone, it's not going to fix their pathology even if it's not going to fix a pathology, it will only help to help the body be able to heal itself, get out of its own way and be able to you know, carry out the waste, <laughs> minimize the scar tissue, uh, coax the organs to sit in their proper positions. Most people don't realize how mobile the uterus is and it can just move <laughs> Do you have a baby any which way. Flop, flop, flop. <laughs> well, and, and my pet peeve, I'll tell you this right now. 
is my clients who come in, I'm so sorry for them because they've, they've had some kind of imaging and they've been told your uterus is this way. And I'm like, okay, that's where like it a was. Prolapse. Yeah. Like you like, could have, that's where it was when they took that medical mm. image. Please understand this is soft tissue and soft tissue as every body worker knows can be mobilized. <laughs> it just depends on where it is and how it's moved. So, it, so, so like a prolapse, which is when the uterus kind of collapses into the vagina or into other parts of the bladder, mm-hmm. that, that's actually, it's soft tissue. It can be... It can be healed. Healed. Absolutely. Without surgery? That is our goal. That's always our goal. We have a, a great little slogan in our very tight-knit Vigo community. There are only a few hundred of us in the world. And um, we say, save the uterus. And I even had a bumper sticker that said, save the uterus. That makes you super popular. It, just, <laughs> it was odd. I got a lot of questions, but at the same time, it was a great conversation yeah, starter. But what I love about it is that I get to, sh- you know, when I shake people's hands, I say, hi, I'm Rachel Joy Jackson. I help women avoid unnecessary surgery. That is, sur- that is one of the... <laughs> The main things that I do, there are, of course, you know, those on Facebook where you, that's warranted, but where you see, um, describe your job in a, in a, in a GIF. Yes. GIF, whatever. I'm not sure I could do that. I'm not sure there's a GIF out there that, that would surmise oh, what dear. I do. Uh, now you're on a mission to find one, aren't you? Yeah. In a little bit. Just kidding. No, people ask me what I do and I'm like, no, don't even get started. No, it's <laughs> too complicated. So, um, so the Arvigo is the modality that you found that really helps you in your practice with your clients. And um, it's a physical, like it's an actual technique. Yes. And you are getting at the ultimate disconnect in one of those five flow systems. And so what does it, so kind of bring it back to like, what does this, how does this impact our fertility? First of all. Okay. So, if there's stagnance within a system, it's going to create blocks, whether they're physical, emotional, spiritual. And this work, the Arvigo techniques, plus whatever else people are getting when they come to me, there's, you know, every practitioner has their own kind of special mix of things that they do. Um, mine usually involves a lot of movement just because of additional background in yoga and mm-hmm. other things, um, body mechanics. And we, we, I usually move a lot with my clients, but this is to create a body mind work that you can do that will open your systems to flow and function the way they should, which is just another word for health, which is also another word for fertility. When a body is in perfect flow, the fertility cycle is pretty predictable and able to, to function normally. Mm-hmm. So that impacts the ability to get pregnant, which is yeah. not the same as fertility. I, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a difficult thing. People who, who have no desire to ever have children can be fertile and, and rejoice in the fact that they're fertile, oh, interesting flesh, healthy. Um, yeah. That, it, that it's not really a status symbol of any kind. It's a mark of health. So, People who are trying to conceive often identify this very strongly, but maybe maybe in a sense that only has to do with conceiving a baby. Oh my which goodness! Is not, which is not necessarily okay. a so even work on your fertility, even if you're done having children or you never want to have children. Absolutely, that can be a good marker of your overall 
health. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, you know, the sad trend right now is because of our, uh, so much emphasis on birth control uh, yeah, as that's know. being, uh, used often to treat, uh, bad periods or different, different types of imbalances. The sacrifice there is that a lot of women are saying, great, I don't have to have my period. They skip the pills that week or whatever they can do. I only have two periods a year. It's great. This is not healthy for the body. This is not the way that mm. it's designed to so work. So it's solving a, a symptom, but the overall core is you're solving the symptom by taking away fertility. Right. Okay, but periods are really inconvenient. They certainly can be. Now, another huge part of I'm just of playing devil's healing. advocate here. No, I love I'm that. I'm on the other side of this, and <clears throat> I want to get to the, the... I've been waiting a long time to have this conversation <laughs> with you. So... Another facet that comes out in the work that I do is healing this associate uh, associative relationship that we have with menstruation specifically. Yeah. So menstruation is just one part of the fertility cycle and it is an integral part. It is definitely the part that gets the most attention because it's hard to ignore blood everywhere. But at the same time, it's, it's just a small part of the overall fertility the, that sign of health. There's also, um, you know, ovulation is really the queen of, of all of this and all of the hormones are important. All of them have their role. Now with the work that I do to help heal this idea of menstruation, heal the period. And I have a, I wrote a blog post a few years ago called how I healed my period. And it really explains this well, I think, because it's making the point that as we heal the period, we heal the soul. Mm -hmm. There's something to that. And I hope that doesn't offend anyone. It took me a long time to get there. And that's a very personal discovery for me. And someone else mm -hmm. may discover something else. But for me, it was about healing my soul connection. Yeah. I have, I have a great passion for helping people heal the physical side of their period as well. And most often I found this is achieved through, sometimes this is a popular choice and sometimes this is not a popular choice, but I always say, please use reusable menstrual products. Um, my clients that switch to reusable menstrual products, that is a cloth pad or um, Diva cup, menstrual cups. Yeah. Menstrual and cup. there's so many different oh, kinds. Oh, Diva is just a brand name, That's right? a brand name. Got yeah. So there's so many cup. different uh, kinds on the market. Obviously, finding the one that's right for you mm -hmm. and your pelvic floor is important. That's a whole different topic. I've had so many babies. <laughs> I've been nervous. I haven't tried one because I've just, I, everything's just so different down there than, and after every baby, it's, yeah. But it's, I, yeah. I've heard women just love them. Well, I received the honeymoon stitch, sadly, after yeah, my I had first. one of those too. And um, I like to tell people about how the um, menstrual cup actually saved my marriage. <laughs> So that's a, maybe another story for another time. But there's a lot of rehabilitative properties yeah. that they actually kind of have on the pelvic floor. Oh, interesting. Um, so don't don't let that scare that. you. Yeah. No, I no. just, well, I just, there's this whole sizing and then like, what do you do? Like, how do you clean it? I don't know. I guess I just never have to, had time to just look into Disclaimer, it. Disclaimer, there totally is a learning curve. But here's a learning curve. But once you hit that learning curve, it's the best thing it's the I best ever thing. did. That's what I heard. Okay, but, but it also... I, 
I feel like I'm in a good place with my period. So good. I remember in the past, I would go to the bathroom and I would look at the mess in the toilet and the mess on my pad. I'd be like, look at the mess I made. I remember those words, even as young as 17 or 18 wow. in my head going, look at the mess I made. That's... That's it, an intense right? psychological judgment it, that right? you're making Isn't about it? yourself. Li- as a little, as a little girl, really, yeah. and and as um, and as do I you got hear older, how it has really nothing to do with look, what was in no, the toilet. No, but to me, it felt super messy. And look at the mess I made. Like I was to blame for this. And then um, I don't know why I decided. Oh, I know why I decided to try cloth pads because I had a friend who made them out of super pretty flannel, and they were just they were just lovely. And so I was like, okay, cloth pads. It seems kind of grimy, but I'm gonna try it. And I tried it, and it was it was really an interesting because I didn't go into it with psychological thing. I just mm-hmm. went. I mean, my friends said they You're were just great. Try it. I yeah. just wanted to try it. But what I found was that I got to pick, like you get to pick your Tuesday panties. Mm-hmm. I got to pick the pad that like matched my mood. So whether it's dinosaurs or flowers <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I got, I've got all sorts of different fabrics and I could pick the pad that matched my exact flow or what was, was going to match my activity level. Mm-hmm. And I felt almost like a princess putting on these lovely things in my... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I it's like a party in your pants that no one has to know about. <laughs> I remember, like, because again, like, oh, this is all behind closed doors. Here we are talking about this on this <laughs> big podcast now. But like, Needs when it to was be happening, open. yeah, keep going. <laughs> when it was, but when it was happening, I just remember thinking, "This is really silly." I remember almost feeling like not not immature, but very um, young again. Mm-hmm. And and so I've been using cloth pads for a good seven or eight years. And what I also noticed was, um, first of all, they're great. They come clean just fine. Um, but also like they, my periods have been lighter Yes, and they've been less painful. The cramps completely went away. I was really hoping you would volunteer this information because oh, that's exactly why I tell people to switch. That's been interesting that I didn't expect was, um, they are waterproof. I don't have any accidents, less accidents with the paper than with the mm-hmm. pads, the, um, plastic, disposable they're pads. plastic, plastic, the other ones. Um, is that I can see my flow um, more clearly and I can watch um, just the nuance. Like not every period's the same. Sometimes they just start with a gusto and sometimes they kind of trail in and trail out or whatever it is. And and with the cloth pads, um, I can see that and it just is a connection. And I no longer, I don't remember the moment when I stopped looking at the mess I made, but I it was right when I started the pads because I was so distracted, I think, by the the pretty flowers. And <laughs> seriously, I love my dinosaur pad. It's so cute, little cartoon dinosaur. Um, that 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 I started going completely changed my self-talk around bathroom care. So and now when I use the disposable, if I'm out and about or whatever, I don't want to I just feel it just feels different. One of the things that I noticed right away, besides the fact that my flow slowed way down and I had less cramping, which also I didn't know how much was product and how much was Arvigo, but I changed my products and started steaming about six months before I started my Arvigo treatments. And I noticed my cramping got way less. I was down to like a day and a half of cramping. So Mm -hmm. cut in half from what I was doing before, just by switching my products and steaming before and after my period. That was all I was doing differently. Interesting. And after I received our Vigo treatments, I, my cramping left. I have no more cramping and I have not had cramping since. Well, what causes cramping? Is it a hormonal thing or is it a position of the uterus or is it, as the woo-woo people say, well, the toxic chemicals seeping up through your vagina? I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that there is one. 
answer to that mm. question. But I want the answer right now. So I fix know, it. I know. <laughs> Here's the thing. I found that the sources of my cramping had to do with like maybe 25% product and like 75% uh, was where my uterus was placed in my mm. abdomen. At the time when I started Arvigo, it was tilted to the left and it was like leaning forward. To, it was almost squished uh, by, that's so actually where the rectum the cram- comes is, down. Is the cramping, so. is it, but f- physiologically, is the cramping like when you have a contraction? Is the cramping trying to release the membrane? Is that what? This lo- is some cramping definitely is caused by a displacement of the uterus. For example, if your uterus, which should be um, sitting directly over the bladder, by the way, she's making hand forward, symbols that are yeah, totally got, not helpful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm visualizing it for myself so that I don't she's mess up my words. Got one fist on top of another. Okay, so if it's sitting in its correct posture over the top of the bladder, over the just like right over the pubic bone, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to work very hard to release and it the just endometrium. It just comes out. Okay. Gravity is on its side. Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of squeezes and it comes out. Now, if it is tilted to the left or to the right, or it's leaning back, or it's squished between something, or you're constipated, or there's, you know, there could yeah. be a lot of different factors. If there's any adhesions between mm-hmm. that and maybe your bowel or something like that, it's going to create a much more difficult placement for it to to easily be able to release. So for example, if it's if it's like flexed back, it's going to have to squeeze like three times as hard to get anything out oh, <laughs> from that position. Okay. Gravity is not on its side. So that is certainly one of the causes of cramping is is a displacement of the uterus, which is much more common than people think. Most people that come and find themselves on my table their uterus isn't in the exactly optimal position just because of high heels or running on pavement or like I said before, desk job or lack of exercise or whatever factor it may be that definitely has an impact on, on where the uterus sits in the body. Interesting. Huh? Okay. So we've talked about fertility and periods. Now, what about how can this technique help in, like right at conception, the first month, like does this have a, you know, what effect does this have in early pregnancy? Okay. So I really, really prefer when people contact me at least six months before they'd actually like to conceive. Oh, okay. (laughs) Next time that's That's on my schedule. (laughs) That's just like a major preference that I have because there's so much more I can do to help. By utilizing all of the techniques of, uh, well, that I have at my disposal, but specifically the Arvigo techniques, we're creating an ideal environment for conception. From warming the tissue to, you know, making sure that it's flowing, there's good blood flow, blood flow to the ovaries, which is super critical. Um, Making sure that hormones are regulated, which happens, uh, overall reproductive health um, it really does just stem from the core of the body. So as long as this is in good flow, it can regulate so much more effectively. Also, people who are practicing these techniques and doing the self-care regularly, and in addition, I like to teach about 
uh, what we talked about at the very beginning, the fertility awareness method. I like to teach that along in tandem because mm. I think it goes hand in hand with this. Um, learning how to, to correctly monitor the cycle, understanding cervical position, understanding um, the cervical mucus and how to read that and understand exactly where you are in your ideal we conception time. We need to have time. a whole <laughs> podcast je- and whole episode just about the cervical mucus. So because amazing. I, I, so I'll, disclaimer, I've never read the book, but I have a sister who has, and she would just tell me, you know, it's amazing. She stuff. took pictures of her cervix mm-hmm. on her iPhone, and she took and she would tell me about her cervical mucus, and it was like not in a place where I was really ready to bond over those things. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're a little overwhelmed. I remember. Well, not, I remember. I interesting. I didn't know anything about that. That was one of the things that I looked. At. I'm like. But I mean, I should have known about this. I'm sorry to like dumb this down, but if you have a cold, you like take care of your nose, (laughs) right? I mean, like any other bodily function you have, you would take care of it without shame, right? But when it's cervical mucus, it's like, oh. (laughs) I do in general prefer the term cervical fluid. I find that my clients respond to it a little better. (laughs) Not not cervical snot. That's not like your thing. Yeah, that's not a thing. (laughs) Um, Well, it's one of those things that I wish... Someone had really detailed to me more I about wish, what it I was. I for sure wish too. And so the education component mm-hmm. is a huge part of what I t- would take that ideal six months before conception for, is just making sure that all of these pieces make sense to the client. Mm-hmm. Anyone who wants to conceive should have a very thorough knowledge of what is happening to make that happen in their body. It shouldn't seem like black magic. It should seem. It should seem very natural. Yeah, it's not a woo-woo process. I, know, so I feel so, like we've only scratched the surface of a mosquito bite here. Oh, like, sure. There's so much so more much. to talk about the the reproductive cycle. So, oh yeah, and I my workshops and things are really based on that need that that it's a cultural deficit that we have in understanding how to put this together for people way before well, they have to conceive so, a child. Yeah. So talking about this now, my husband, when I started doing the cloth pads, cause my, my husband's, my husband's pretty cool he and he, yeah, he's pretty rad. And he, um, he thought it was pretty fun that I was wearing dinosaur <laughs> and he'd see him come through the wash or whatever. And he's like, can we get some of these for our daughters? And I was like, they're like, six and four. Why do we need, he's like, I want to get these, these for our daughters before your friend stops making them. And I want to hold them. And can I be the one to give them to them? And I was like, that is so sweet. Well, first I was like, okay, that's a little weird. That is a little weird. But then the more I, the more I work on it, I'm like, no, I want to be, I want to be there with you when we like give the girls like as a, as a gift. But, but I just thought what a cool symbolic symbolism to be given those from your dad in a non-embarrassing. So then it got me thinking, okay, well to make it non-embarrassing, we've got to live in a culture in my family where this is not embarrassing. Why I haven't had the total talk with them. I just, I don't know. I'm not in the mood yet. I just haven't worked through my own stuff, I guess enough to, Mm -hmm. they're still little. Um, but I do a plan on doing a circle and doing a, you call it menarch, right? When you start your period? Uh, yeah. There's different ways to pronounce it, but yeah, menarch. Yeah. Um, but just kind of letting my girls, cause I want my girls to be able to pick out their liner depending mm-hmm. on the day. And I never, ever want my girls to look in the toilet and go look at the mess I made. Mm-hmm. Heading that attitude off mm-hmm. is my biggest passion because what I found is that after a few years of practice with these modalities and I was having very remedial conversations with uh, with my clients about very fundamental aspects of their health and I thought what if we just head this off what if yeah. we 
talk about this, and this is very near to my heart because I have a young daughter who's approaching this age, and it's so it's critical that we address this this kind of bankruptcy of of good information and good juju <laughs> surrounding mm-hmm. this time of life because it does follow you, mm-hmm. and you know those thoughts that you had as a teenager those followed you until you mm-hmm. actively removed them from your life by changing everything you did. That's healing your period. Yeah. That's healing your relationship well, I feel with like, yourself. I mean, I no longer, well, I never tracked him. I never tracked my periods. I guess because I was pretending that if I didn't, they would never come. They would go away. So yeah. that, that was really inconvenient too. And now I track them and I welcome them. When they come, I go, hello. <laughs> I haven't named my period. That's- hello. We're healthy. Nice to <laughs> see you again. It's a little bit, you know, beyond me to name them. But yes, hello, there you are. How are you going to be this month? Oh, okay. Well, you know, I have a dance party on Friday. So what if we can meet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you need? But really, it's not an inconvenience at all anymore. And it's just, it's completely changed the way I feel about my body. So how does um, this therapy help after a baby's born? So a lot of times the, the particular rigors of a pregnancy, they do vary greatly depending on the body, depending on the pregnancy, depending on the type of birth. And so while each case is so individual that it's difficult for me to be like, it's this, this, and this, a lot of times we're addressing, um, maybe it's the first time hearing it from me is maybe the first time someone's heard about diastasis recti. Maybe it's the first time that they've heard about uh, postpartum and if uh, it's the first issues. time you've heard about those things, listening to the podcast, don't feel dumb. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that all in another episode. Oh, man, the separation of the abdominal muscles is a yes. thing. Yeah, so so where that, um, that nickname, mummy tummy, comes from, um, a lot of times it's, it's not about extra fat. It's about the fact that your, your integrity of your fascia, your connective tissue has been seriously compromised, mm. and um, you're supporting side abdominal muscles are not necessarily strong enough to help and that keep can actually like in it can it can lead to some back pretty problems serious too right yeah. um and uh, umbilical hernia that you know scary things that you don't want to deal with but it's very treatable um diastasis and we talk about pelvic floor regaining strength in the pelvic floor and digestion restoring some digestion uh, just digestive order particularly if there are any modifications that the mother's need to making if she's breastfeeding for, say, a baby who's having some reflux or something like that. Sometimes that can really mess with your digestion. And everything has just been so kicked and compacted and then strained during the birth process that um, it really helps to restore the flow. It all just comes back to those five systems where we just want sorry, say those optimal. five systems again. I want to. You're going to put again. me on the spot, and I know I'm going to forget one of them. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. No, so, I'm going to mock you. Okay, ready? Venous and arterial blood flow. So, so venous is your veins, your veins, and your arteries. arteries. So back to the heart. They all from have the heart. to go through your diaphragm. Got it. Think about it. So if your diaphragm's tight, oh. that's going to cut off some circulation, right? Yeah, less optimal, and so your connective tissue is not going to be getting what it needs. Oh my Your goodness. organs are going to be the priority. Now we're talking in Pandora's box. Right. This is the rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. So, so those are the first arterial two. blood flow. Okay. Nervous system flow. Nervous system flow. Energy flow. Energy in flow. Maya, in the Maya tradition, it's called chulel. Um, but it's, you know, same, I've heard same words, idea. Meridians or, or. It's chi. Okay. The life force. 
Um, and then the lymphatic system. Lymphatic system. Which and that's the that's the most garbage. People don't dis- even know about. Yeah, that's the garbage. Dis- <laughs> the that's when you um when you get really swollen. Yes, that's a symptom. Like if your ankles get swollen. That's a symptom that your lymph system is maybe not working as well. Could, so right. Yeah. So regulating the lymph system is really interesting. Our lymph is a little bit like coconut oil. When it's cold and you're not moving, oh. it's not moving. Hmm. And it's it also, doesn't it doesn't have, have a pump. pump. Yeah. It doesn't have its own <laughs> pump. Yeah. So in order to get it to move, you have to warm up and you have to move. Um, if those aren't options, like for instance, if you've been on bed rest or mm. if you're doing your 40-day stint, it's really good to have a, a massage therapist or someone who does lymphatic drainage to work with you so that that can be optimized in your body yeah, cool. during that okay. time. Okay, five systems, awesome. So um, after a woman's given birth, she comes to you and you help align her organs again, help with the the muscles, the abdominal muscles yes. to kind of find the way to close the... It the takes an estimated between two and three years for the organs to migrate back where oh they're Oh my heavens, I had babies way too fast for that and then. <laughs> most people do. <laughs> and, um, and the thing is, when we don't pay proper attention to that fact... We're like, well, I guess while they're out of place, I'll just have another baby. It's like, this is this is what <laughs> that causes your plan. body to function. So yes, moving <laughs> moving them to their optimal positions or at least enabling them to. I, I would say that that's more like what I do is I'm I'm coaxing that that uh, connective mm-hmm. tissue to hold things where they're supposed to be. And if you feel after the baby, like several months after that, things are just not feeling right down there, then that would be a a signal, your intuition is telling you something is misaligned, something yeah. is, well, I mean, we, we talk of, about how birth is natural, but, but at the same time, you can assist your natural process yes. of healing. You can exactly. this is, be supported. This, these are the systems that were developed to help all through these times of life and beyond. And I, when I say it's applicable to men and children, it is too because of the digestive uh, work and uh, just the organ. Everyone needs flow in there. Torso. Well, I personally believe but. that the creative center of your body is in your torso, whether Absolutely. you have a uterus or not. Yep, so exactly. that would make sense for men too. Mm-hmm. And so to optimize that for the postpartum woman, it really is about getting to know your body again. Your body is not the same as before you had that child. It's and even with every so subsequent child, it's a little bit getting back to your pre-pregnancy genes is a get my that body is back. A, that is a. So here's the thing. I am not into ready. your body. No, sorry. Still ate my stretch marks. <laughs> I'm not embracing these tire scars. No, no. I still don't like them. But this is my body, and I love my body. I could do without the stretch marks. Reacquainting yourself yeah. with the new landscape. My hips were way different. You have to. My jeans like never fit the same. What really astonished me was my rib cage. My rib cage too. Yeah. Like, Why is my rib cage so much bigger? So accustoming <laughs> yourself to that, you know, through body work and through the self-care massage, I think is just so valuable. So once mm-hmm. a woman stops, the actual bleeding process is when we can begin our Vigo again um, in with the full techniques. But, um, and that postpartum steaming too is, is an amazing tool. What's that? The, the Bajo, the vaginal steam. Oh, steam. That's an amazing mm. postpartum tool as well. Wow. Interesting. Oh my goodness. Okay. Thank you so much. Where can people go to find out more about you and your work? My website is called thecommunitywisewoman.com. And I have all the information on there about the types of things that I do and the types of trainings that I've had 
current projects, workshops, and also a link to the website for all of our Vigo therapy, which is our vigotherapy.com. Yeah, I spent so, quite a bit of time reading it. It's yeah, very fascinating, fascinating history. Mm-hmm. And there's herbs and products and things that they sell through them that that is are, are wonderful resources. Cool. Thank so. you so much for sharing this this resource and this information. My you goodness. You're so welcome. It's a slice of something that's very, very needed. Yep. yep. Yeah. Just I hope that it's just kind of one of those things that gets people thinking about an intro slice. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, an order of the pie of life. Yeah. <laughs> so thank, thank you so thank you. much. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.